Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon text is the Gospel reading from Matthew 20. may be seated. We left everything to follow Jesus. And so we thought that we were going to get more than everyone, everybody. That's fair. Yeah, at the Sea of Galilee, while we were washing our nets, Jesus said, follow me. And so James and John and my brother Andrew and I, we let go of our nets and we followed Jesus. We left everything. We only had the clothes we were wearing. We left career, comfort, family, friends. What a sacrifice that we made. What a reward awaiting us on the last day. That's fair. This is what we thought, especially when Jesus had this little chit-chat with a slick Smooth, successful businessman. Yeah, the rich young man. Yeah, this rich young man, he interrupted Jesus with a question. Teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? Now, this question had Jesus written all over it. We knew that Jesus wasn't going to ignore this question, and he did not ignore it. He answered the question. He launched at the rich young man a to-do list. Check those ten commandment boxes, and you will have life eternal. Now this rich young man, he had this puzzled look in his face. And he said, Teacher, I've checked those boxes. I've done the law of God. I have fulfilled the Ten Commandments. But I'm still missing something. I have this nagging, gnawing emptiness in the pit of my gut. It keeps me up at night. Everything just tastes blah. Life is blah, 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 blah. What am I still lacking? And so Jesus, he, he gave it to him straight. He, he said, well, if you want to be whole and complete, then let it go. Liquidate everything and live with me. That's not what the slick, smooth, successful businessman was looking for. His face that was puzzled a moment ago now looked like he sucked on a bag of lemons. What Jesus said just soured the man. He walked away griping and groaning. He wasn't going to leave his millions. He wasn't going to leave his Mediterranean mansion. He wasn't going to leave that membership at the country club. As we watched this man just you know, disappear in the crowd, Jesus spoke up again and said, oh, how difficult, how rough and tough it is for a rich man to enter my kingdom. 
It's easier for a camel to thread itself through the eye of a needle. And that's when we cried out in great distress and duress, Jesus, how can anyone be saved? Now, now, let me tell you, what we were hoping to hear from Jesus was, oh, you blockheads, you have nothing to worry about, you're fine. You left absolutely everything to follow me. Your reward will be the greatest ever. That's not what we heard, though. Jesus said, For man, it's impossible. But for God, all things are possible. We were kind of floored. What Jesus told the rich young guy to do, we actually we actually did. We left everything. We expected a compliment from Jesus. A data boy, right? A pat on the back. That's what we expected from Jesus. We didn't get it, though. This set us off. We were angry. You know, Mount Vesuvius level angry. And so as the spokesperson of the Twelve, you know, I, I just can't, I can't shut up. I have diarrhea mouth. That's me. I am known to fire before I aim, and that's certainly what I did here. I let loose. I let Jesus get a piece of my mind. Jesus, look at us. We left everything to follow you. That must count for something, right? What are we going to get, Jesus? Are we going to have the biggest, bestest, reward than anyone else? That seems fair. Now Jesus, he went on to tell us uh, all the blessings that we would receive. I mean, blessings that would be beyond our wildest imagination. But then he made it crystal clear that every Christian would get the same in the resurrection. That's not fair. Yeah, Jesus, he listed all that we would get when he regenesized this world, making this world whole and complete and perfect on the last day. Thrones and treasures and life that has no end. But then he had to ruin all the fun when he said the last will be first and the first will be last. Punch in the gut. Now it looked like we just sucked on a bag of lemons. This soured us. Something fierce. Did Jesus misspeak? He had to. He, he doesn't mean what he says. Could Jesus really mean that no matter the service, no matter the sacrifice, no matter the sweat, everyone got equal Pay equal compensation? That's not fair. And then Jesus had to make the unfairness even greater with a parable. Yeah, he went right into this parable. At first, we had no clue what he was doing. It took a while for us to actually understand what he was up to. This parable about, you know... An owner of a vineyard who paid everyone the same 
regardless of the hours they worked that day. Now, I'm going to retell the parable, okay? It, it, Americanize it a bit, okay? You'll, you'll thank me later, I hope. The parable went something like this. There was a vineyard, and the owner of this vineyard, he looked out one day and said, Oh, it's harvest time. The grapes were so, so ripe. And so he had to get workers. He couldn't do it all himself. And so he hopped on his bus, drove to the marketplace. It was 6 a.m. And there in the marketplace were all these men just standing around, sipping their espresso. I mean, it was 6 in the morning. I mean, yeah, they needed their caffeine. Just shooting the breeze, doing pretty much nothing. And he cried out to them, Men, I have meaningful work for you to do today. You'll get $200 for picking grapes at my vineyard. What do you say? Now, this was more than fair. I mean, it was fair. And the men knew it. And so a couple dozen guys hopped on the bus, and the owner drove them to his vineyard. They started working. Around 9 a.m., he looked out, and he said, Ah! There's so much work left to do. Gotta get more workers. And so off to the marketplace he went again. And he cried out, I have meaningful work for you to do. If you come work for me, then I will give you whatever is right. Well, the bus loaded up with a couple more dozen. They started working in the vineyard. And the same thing happened again at noon and at 3 p.m., and with one hour left of work, so we're talking, you know, around 4 p.m. or so, he looked out again and said, Ah! There's still more work to do! More grapes to pick! And so he got workers for that final hour, and then burp, burp, burp! The horn sounded! The work day over! Everyone excited because it's payday, and I'm not talking about candy bars. It's actual payday. And who doesn't like payday? And so all the workers gathered around the owner of the vineyard. And they were expecting cold, hard cash. But what surprised them was he started with the last hired. That group that only worked for an hour. And so... You can just imagine what that first group looked like. They, they, were, they were like hawks, watching what that last group would get. Ah! They can't get $200! That's not fair! That's not right! They can't get what we're supposed to get! Well, then that last group, they got their envelopes, and they opened up the envelopes, and inside were 10 crisp... $20 bills. $200. Now this first group didn't freak out quite yet. They put their thinking caps on and they got their calculators out and, and, they, and they said to themselves, Ah, oh, now we see what this guy is up to, the owner. He's going to pay $200 an hour. <laughs> yeah, time to do the math. Okay, so how much is each group going to get? Starting with the last and going down to our group, the first group. Okay, well, 
that last group, yeah, $200, that's easy. I plug in the, the next group, uh, $400, $1,000, okay, $1,600, our group, $2,200. God bless this owner. God bless him. We, we're going to strike gold. We're going to be so rich. Today is our lucky day. But uh, their math didn't work here. This owner's thoughts are not their thoughts. His ways are not their ways. And so the 3 p.m. group, the noon group, the 9 a.m. group, they opened their envelopes, and inside they all found 10 crisp $20 bills. Drum roll, please. What did that last, or the first group get? The 6 a.m. group? Hmm? They opened their envelopes, and inside were 10 crisp $20 bills. What started out like a sweet payday for these guys ended on a sour, sour, sour note. They looked like they were. Sucking a bag of lemons. Ugh. Call the union boss. Get him in here. We got to get our fair share. Uh, yeah, they, they had to hang up the phone because uh, <laughs> union bosses, they don't really have much jurisdiction in this man's vineyard. He's the one who calls the shots. He can do whatever he wants. It's his vineyard, after all. It doesn't mean that they can't complain. Oh, they, they, they did complain. And they had a spokesperson speak for all of them, that, you know, that first group that was hired at 6 a.m. And he gave the owner a piece of his mind. Owner, we broke our backs for you. Our hands hurt full of blisters. And the sun was so, so crazy hot. We stink to high heaven. We're drenched in sweat. And those punks over there, yeah, those punks that are having a jolly good time, those punks over there, you hired with only an hour left of work. They picked a couple grapes in that hour. We picked bushel baskets full of grapes for you. And then the horn sounded, payday, and, and they got the same pay. How could you make them equal to us? And the owner of the vineyard, he fired back, didn't he? He fired back. Buddy, I did you no wrong. Did you not agree to $200 for a day's worth of work? Can't I do what I want with my money? Or are you so hateful because of my generosity? Quit the griping and groaning and complaining and come have a glass of Chardonnay on me. Rejoice, rejoice that in my vineyard there are no insiders and outsiders. All are equal, equally compensated, equally cared for, equally valued, equally loved. If you don't like it, there's the door. Leave. Drink up 
or get out and go, well, <laughs> you know where. You got here by grace. I hired you out of my love for you. You don't have to stay here. I'm not forcing you. So what will you do? The choice is yours. And then the curtain closed, and uh, yeah, that's the end. The end of the parable. Dear friends, it wasn't until I had seen how hard the crucified and risen Lord Jesus labored to open the vineyard, to open the church to everybody, that I realized that God is not fair. But he is so, so undeservedly good. Yeah, it would take until after the resurrection for me to have my eyes open to the meaning of this parable. This parable, dear friends, it describes how Jesus conducts his salvation business in this world. And it's so scandalous. The world hates it. Raises an eyebrow when they, when they hear how, how Jesus works, how his economy runs. Costco and Sam's Club do not conduct their business this way. I can't imagine Meyer actually paying the part-time employees the same amount as the full-time employees. Oh, can you imagine the ride on their hands? That's not fair. That is how CNN, Fox News, MSNBC would report it. Let me be clear here. You do not want to have a fair Jesus. You know, if we want a fair Jesus, then it will end hellaciously for every single one of us. Now, one of the things that Jesus said when he was having that chit-chat with the rich young man was this. Only one is good. So, if you want to live, if you want to enter life, do the Ten Commandments. Do the law. That's our problem, isn't it? I'm not looking at the one who is good. And you are not looking at the one who is good. We fall woefully short, don't we? We can't actually check those Ten Commandment boxes. You break one law, you break all of them. It's either all or none. And for us, it's none. It's impossible for us to earn, to merit eternal life. So now, now you get it. What's really fair is for Jesus to say what to every one of us? To hell with you. That's fair. But that's not what Jesus says! That's not what he wants! What he wants is you, me, everybody. He wants to enjoy life with us. His desire is that all would be welcomed into his vineyard, his church. And so he does the heavy lifting, the hard labor to make that possible. The one who is good, the only one who is good, is so, so undeservedly good to us. He joyfully 
checks all of those Ten Commandment boxes. He joyfully fulfills the law from A to Z. And then he goes under that scorching heat of the law's curse and the law's condemnation at Calvary on the Friday that we call good, suffering hell itself. He's crushed in that wine press of the cross so that his blood is squeezed out of him. The very blood that blots out all of our sins. The very blood that gobbles up, swallows up all of our griping and groaning and grousing. The very blood that satisfies our deepest thirst and hungers, the very blood that pays our way into the vineyard. And you're in, not out. At the font, Jesus put into your pocket and mine that salvation coin that he bled for, that he died for. And he said, welcome to life in my vineyard. The only life worth living, life of faith, in me and love for all. Everything else is, is wastefulness, idleness, emptiness. So when you look at those outside of the vineyard, those who are standing in the marketplace of life, don't look down on them. Have a deep sympathy, sadness for them. They think life is all about pleasuring themselves, pleasing themselves amusing themselves, entertaining themselves. And that's not true. And deep down, they know it because they're lacking. They're lacking something, or rather, <laughs> some one. They don't know what life is for. So, so invite them. Invite them to my vineyard. And when that guy or gale sneaks in at the last second, no uh, hounding that person, but rather hugging that new brother, hugging that new sister, saying, oh, I'm so glad that you made it. I'm so glad that you made it before the last trumpet blast at the end of the workday. You're going to love life in the vineyard. All the work is all joy. There's enough for everyone to pitch in to work, to do something, to contribute, to build up this vineyard. So glad that you made it. Yeah, dear friends, there is work given to each of us, meaningful, purposeful work given to each of us here in the vineyard, here in the church, which will receive equal pay on the last day. So there is no room for that, you know, prideful, prideful superiority, or that fearful inferiority. Everyone belongs in the vineyard, has a place here in the church. So there's no saying, I don't need you. Or there's no saying, I'm a nobody. There's nothing I can do to contribute. I'm not needed. All belong. And that salvation coin in your pocket and mine guarantees that. That salvation coin is our down payment for our eternal inheritance, which will just be 
which will be beyond our, our wildest imagination. That salvation coin also tells us how much he loves us, how much he values us. I mean, he bled, he died to put that coin in your pocket and mine. Can we value and love one another any less? Having received such unfair generosity, how can we not be unfairly generous towards everybody? I am so tickled pink that you are here. Life in the vineyard is the only life worth living, and it's paid in full. So, drink up. Let's have some fun. I know, it's not fair. But it's so, so undeservedly good. Just the best. Welcome to the Lord's Vineyard.